here this evening. Thank the Lord for His goodness. We're going to be back in Psalm 119. Psalm 119. If we turn over there, of course, in a little while, we'll take a prayer request and pray together. But several of you have been asking about Kale. Do appreciate your prayers for Kale. Uh, been sick for about 10 days now. We got her to the doctor today and uh, took some x-rays and determined she did have, uh, the doctor said, a severe case of pneumonia. Uh, they started to put her in the hospital, but instead gave her some aggressive uh, antibiotics. And uh, when I ran home for dinner, uh, they had given her some pain medicine, and she was feeling pretty chipper on that pain medicine. But uh, anyway, uh, I pray that that antibiotic gets in there and works and gets her cleared out. appreciate y'all uh, praying for her. I uh, told Brother Rick, uh, Melissa told me that uh, at first they, they had said that they were going to send Kel to the emergency room after they took the x-rays. And uh, I told Brother Rick, I said, I was typing a text message to you asking if you could teach for me tonight. And then uh, but before I got it typed out, they called back and said that they were just going to try the antibiotics first. So, But do appreciate your prayers. I know there's many others uh, that have needs and would definitely lift one another up in prayer before we get in lesson. I just know a lot of you have been asking about her. I do appreciate y'all praying for Kale. Uh, she's a tough little girl. And uh, pray the Lord just gets this cleared up in her. All righty. Psalm... Psalm 119, and as we talked last week, we said that each section is, uh, it's 22 sections, each section is eight verses, and uh, each section is headed by a letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Uh, of course, this one is Aleph, and if this were to be read in the Hebrew language, you would realize that each line or each sentence would start with that Hebrew letter Aleph. And so uh, basically this uh, psalm was a, an acrostic of sorts made up of letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And so tonight we'll look at this first section, the section Aleph, and uh, look at these eight verses uh, concerning uh, or starting into uh, Psalm 119. Now last week we introduced Psalm 119. We kind of took an overview. We looked at when it was written, who wrote it, uh, you know, the the context of it and such. And as we looked at it, it's clear to see that the theme of Psalm 119, the theme is the sufficiency of the Word of God. No doubt about it, the theme of this psalm is the sufficiency of the Word of God. And David, or whoever authored it, I feel that it was David, but whoever authored it, as they wrote this psalm, uh, there it, was, it was evident uh, that it was a person who loved the Word of God. Now we know that when this was penned, of course all they had available to them was, of course, the law and portions of the Old Testament, uh, but... This psalm can definitely be applied to the whole of the Word of God because God is the author from Genesis to Revelation and He is the one that preserved it, canonized it, put it together and gave it to us. So all of the book applies to all of the book even though uh, some of it may have been written after this psalm. But we see that the message of this psalm uh, is the sufficiency of the Word of God in the life of the believer and we see that the psalm conveys the message of how the Word of God blesses the life of the Christian, the importance of the Word of God to the Christian. And so in tonight's lesson and throughout the remainder of the study, Lord helping us, uh, we're just going to look at eight verses at a time all the way through. And as we look at these, uh, I'm wanting to give a simple outline uh, of the section. And now, I don't know if ever, uh, you know, you go to family gatherings or maybe uh, work, 
work gatherings uh, and somebody knows that you're a Christian. Uh, uh, Brother Robbie was telling us that where he works there at the garage, they call him Pastor Rob now. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when folks know you're a Christian, they, you're the one that they want to pray if they're going to have a prayer said or something like that because they know you're a Christian person. But sometimes you may get opportunity and somebody will say, hey, hey, share a little something from the Word of God. And you know what, I'm a, I'm a preacher and I do this every week and whenever somebody catches me off guard like that, I'm like, uh, huh? <laughs> Say what? Share, oh, share, yeah, from the Bible, yeah. Okay, boy, I mean, your mind can just go blank there for a few minutes and you're like, I don't know where to go. Uh, so hopefully uh, these outlines, my goal with these outlines is to give simple outlines. Uh, if you write in your Bible something you could write on the margin of your Bible, just a simple outline. If somebody says, hey, can you share something with us from the Word of God? It would be something that you can refer back to, uh, something that would help you to, to share the Word of God uh, with people. So tonight, as I said, we're going to be looking at the first division of this psalm uh, designated by the Hebrew letter Aleph. Let's read these first eight verses and we'll get into the lesson. The Bible says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. All that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. I will keep thy statutes Oh, forsake me not utterly. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, uh, Lord, as the last song we sang, we thank you, Lord, that great is thy faithfulness. Father, uh, Lord, if we look at ourselves, Lord, uh, many times we're not faithful. Lord, many times we fail. Many times, uh, Lord, our shortcomings uh, are the most obvious part of who we are. But, Father, I thank you that we serve a God who is known for his faithfulness. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are faithful to hear us. Uh, Lord, you are faithful to forgive us. Lord, your love uh, never faileth. And Father, I thank you for that. Lord, I thank you for the faithfulness of your word. And Father, as we look into your word this evening, Lord, we look at this uh, passage of scripture. Lord, just uh, a simple outline. To Father, Lord, help us understand how your word applies to our life. I pray, dear Lord, that it'll be something that we can treasure, something that we can remember. Is Lord, something, uh, Lord, that will help draw us back to your word. Lord, life is so busy. And Lord, oftentimes it's easy, oh Lord, for us to get caught up in our responsibilities and the things that we're doing and, and Lord, to drift away from your word. And then, Father, Lord, we find ourselves needing help, needing guidance. And Father, I pray that these studies that we do here in the book of Psalms, oh Lord, will draw us back to your word. And Lord, help us to remember. Uh, Lord, that the answer is found here. Father, I thank you for the children's ministry and Lord, uh, those that are working downstairs, Pastor Kent and uh, Brother Aaron and uh, Lord, for the other workers that are down there helping. Father, I thank you for each of them. Lord, as we uh, come together to pray in a little while, uh, Father, I know we'll lift up many names, but Lord, I especially think of, uh, Lord, the many, the many, Father, that uh, are battling different uh, flus and colds and sicknesses and uh, Lord, many uh, have children at home and Lord, uh, many children in our community are being affected by this and, and many adults as well. And Father, I pray that you'll touch the bodies of these people, help them and be with them. And Lord, the others, uh, Lord, that 
are facing different situations in their life. Lord, I pray that you'll be with each one. Thank you, dear Lord, that we can come together to your house. Thank you, you've given us a place that we can come together. Thank you, dear Lord, for the family of God that, Lord, uh, meets together, Lord, for the purpose of learning from your word and, Lord, bringing our request to you. Father, we thank you for it. Bless us now as we look into your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. When we look at this pa this portion of Psalm uh, 119, the first thing that stands out, of course, is the is verse 1 and verse number 2. There is a word there in the beginning of verse 1 and verse 2, and the word is blessed. Uh, blessed are the undefiled in the way, and in verse number 2, blessed are they that keep his testimonies. Now, it's interesting to note uh, that this is the only two times that you will find the word blessed in Psalm 119. Now, if you read through the book of Psalms, you will find that the word blessed is used many, many times throughout the book of Psalms. It's a, a theme of many of the Psalms, this word blessed. But yet we come to Psalm 119 and we find that the, it begins with the word blessed, but then these words are never used again in this psalm. Whenever we understand that the theme of the entire psalm, 119, is the sufficiency of the word of God, I believe we can safely assume that this first section of this psalm was written regarding the blessings that come to those who heed his word. As we go throughout all the rest of this chapter, uh, we will see over and over and over how the word of God is applied to our life. And yet here at the beginning, at the introduction, at the start, uh, the psalmist starts with the words uh, of those uh, who heed these instructions will be blessed. Uh, those who take heed to what is written in therein uh, will be blessed. Those who give themselves uh, to the study and the understanding of his word uh, will be blessed. You know, there's no better way to understand who God is than by reading His Word. There is no better way to get a grasp of the love of God, to get a grasp of the righteousness to God, to, to get an understanding of His holiness and, 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 and who He is and His power than by reading His Word. And boy, I'm telling you what, whenever you read His Word and you begin to understand who God is and what God is, there is many blessings that come to them that apply themselves to the Word of God. I have three areas this evening where I believe we can be blessed by the book. And so that's what I have there for our title, The Blessings of the Book. Three areas where I believe we can be blessed by the book. First, I believe we will be blessed with happiness in our application of the book. We will be blessed in our application of the book. What do I mean? Whenever I take the principles and the precepts that are taught in this book and I actually apply them. I actually try them. I, I see if they work. It's like the story, I believe I've shared this with you before about the, the lady that after she passed her son was looking through her Bible and beside verses was written T.P. which stood for tried and proven. And boy, I'm telling you what, there is blessings that come to those that will apply the book to your life. We were, uh, Joel and I was helping Melissa cook the other night. Don't worry, we survived. But anyway, uh, there was a lot of things going on in the house, and so she was trying to do two or three things at once, and we said, well, here, we'll, we'll get to this started. And so she had some chicken, and so we threw it in the pan, and uh, I was getting it warmed up, and here comes Joel with all these seasonings. He just went over to the seasoning shelf and he just scooped them all off uh, and he come over and he's like, here, let's put some of this in there. Let's put some of that in there. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. 
know what you're doing here. But you know what? Those seasonings never do the meat any good if they're not applied. You have to apply them. Boy, many times our Bible sets on the shelf never getting applied. But there are blessings to the word happiness to those that apply the book to their life. Whenever you look at the word blessed, the word blessed here in this passage is very interesting because it's actually in the plural tense. So this word blessed is in the plural tense. Uh, so a literal translation, uh, translation of this word would be happy, happy. Or as Phil Robertson says, happy, happy, happy. Uh, that would be a literal translation uh, of this word uh, blessed. Happy, happy, happy. In other words, uh, those who apply the word of God to their life will be happy, happy, happy. It is a plural uh, tense in that those that apply the word of God will experience happiness in their life. Now, it's interesting to note that any time you look through the Word of God, you will find that God always weds holiness and happiness together. He, he always puts them together. Holiness and happiness go hand in hand. Now the devil has fought this with all his might. If there is one thing that the devil tries to fight, it is for people to come to the understanding that holiness results in happiness. And the devil, he puts all of his frivolities out there uh, and does everything that he can to keep people from experiencing the joy that can fill the soul by applying the Word of God. Have you ever noticed this? And I'm sure you've experienced this. If you used to set a, a piece of chocolate cake and a, uh, let's change that, let's say a little Debbie cake, a little Debbie cake, and a, and a real good steak side by side. There's no question which one has the best flavor. And anybody that's been around a while, that's eaten a few things, understands that if I can only have one, I'm taking that steak. Boy, it's going to be full of flavor. It's going to be more filling. It's going to do more for me. I, I'm going to take that steak. But you know what? A lot of people, they take that little Debbie cake. Boy, the little Debbie cake, it gives that instant flavor. It gives that sugar boost. It gives that, you know, it just gives that instant gratification. I want that Debbie cake. And after they eat the Debbie cake, they're not interested in the steak anymore. Now, if the foods I'm using do not apply to your palate, just change them to what fits your palate, all right? But you eat that Debbie cake, and you're like, oh, man, I eat that Debbie cake, I get that sugar rush, and, but, you know, I really, I'm not hungry for that steak anymore. And you know what? Somebody who is constantly pursuing the sugar, never experiences what a steak that's cooked and fixed right, what it can taste like, what it can do for you, because they're always involved in this. Now, I'll also say that if all you ever do is pursue that sugar, it just gives you those instant gratifications, and later on in the evening, you don't feel so good. Whereas the steak gives you protein and leaves you feeling good sometime later. The same thing can be applied to the Word of God and how the devil tries to detract people. The devil is constantly offering instant gratifications, instant gratifications. Everything he throws out is temporary. Everything he throws out has no, no substance to it, but it gives an instant gratification. It's a glitter. It's a, it's a frivolity. And people grab it. And because of the instant gratification, they never take the time 
to get into the Word of God. And we could do all kinds of meddling tonight about the ways that the devil does that and the type of things that he puts out. But he's very, very tricky in what he does. Have you ever noticed when we go back to thinking about food, that the food that's not so good for you is a lot easier to obtain? It's a lot easier to get. You can't really stop at the, at the station on your way to work and pick up a, 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 a fried egg and toast. and No, no, you, but you can sure grab a Debbie cake off the shelf. It's easy to, easy to obtain. And if you notice the devil, all of his stuff, he puts it on the bottom shelf. It is easy to get. It's easy to obtain. Whenever you read, reading versus watching, this is scientifically proven, reading engages the brain. Watching dulls the brain. This is scientifically proven. If, if I'm going to have to read the Word of God to understand the Word of God and get help from the Word of God, it takes a little bit of effort. It engages the brain. Whereas if I can watch something, it requires no energy. And therefore, it's a lot easier. And the devil promotes all his stuff on that easy level. And the whole thing that he is trying to do is keep us from experiencing the joy that can be found in the application of the Word of God. That is his goal. His he is producing all of his attractions to keep someone from finding the joy that can fill the soul when you're devoted to the Word of God. In truth, his temporary offerings pale in comparison to the deep satisfaction and blessings that God offers to those who spend time in His Word. But yet the devil is very successful at keeping us too busy to get into His Word. The Bible says in Joshua 1 and verse number 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then... Thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. There's three areas where I believe we can find happiness in our application of the book, that, that areas where we can apply it and the, the happiness we will find because of the application. The first is uh, that when we apply the book to our life, uh, we will find that we are protected in our way. We are protected in our way. Verse number one says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way. Now, as we just mentioned, the devil has done his best to paint the way of holiness uh, as a way of drudgery and rules, a path of restraints and gloom. Uh, and many unsaved people are hesitant uh, to accept the truth of the gospel uh, uh, because they fear uh, that if they accept salvation, all the enjoyments of life uh, will be lost. The devil has painted this as a life of restraints and drudgery. And if I accept that, then all my enjoyments will be lost. But in truth, I would much rather have a clear mind than a mind that has been dulled by drug abuse. I would much rather, uh, I would much rather have healthy lungs uh, than lungs that have been weakened uh, by the use of tobacco. I'd much rather have a healthy liver than a liver that's been rotted out by the overuse of alcohol. Uh, I would uh, much rather sleep in my bed at home than to sleep in a prison cell. And I mean, we can go on and on and on making these comparisons. In truth, uh, what God offers uh, is far better uh, than what the devil offers. Yet the devil
devil tries to paint what God offers as imprisonment and what he offers as freedom when in truth the opposite is the case. What the devil offers, he said, here, enjoy your freedom and the moment you take hold of anything he offers, it imprisons you. Uh, whether it be a vice or an addiction, uh, uh, whether it be uh, some sort of sinful activity, it always imprisons you and there's always a weight and a baggage that goes with it. But whenever you accept what Christ offers, uh, it is true freedom because uh, we're not... Uh, struggling with this way. The devil tries to paint God's way as burdensome. Uh, but whenever you compare the two, you'll find without doubt uh, that the Bible is correct. Then it said that his burden is light. Uh, the burden that the Lord puts on us uh, is light. But the burden of sin, a life of sin, will take you to the grave. Whenever I look at this and I see that it says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way. I see that we are blessed, number one, and that we are been kept free from sin, and you can definitely apply the word undefiled there. But I believe we can also say that we're undefiled in that I'm not, my life is not contaminated with the effects of sin. Blessed are the undefiled in the way. I have been protected by, or protected in my way. There is a lot of things that I've never had to deal with because of adhering to the Word of God. I, I thank the Lord. Uh, many, many times, often, I thank the Lord that He allowed me to grow up in a preacher's home. Now, to some, that would be the worst way in the world to grow up. But I thank the Lord I grew up in a preacher's home because growing up in a preacher's home, I was never, never exposed to the use of tobacco or alcohol. I was, I was guarded uh, uh, in, my, in my dating relationships. Oh, it was so inconvenient and so annoying, but I had a dad who guarded me. And, and all these things were, were put in place as, a, as, as many people say, well, you're sheltering your kids too much. Well, you know what? Now at this stage of my life, when I see many of my contemporaries who are suffering with, with the repercussions of living a life of sin and I still enjoy good health and a clear mind, I'm thankful. I was protected in the way because of the application of the Word of God. Not only are we protected in the way, but uh, whenever we uh, apply the book, we find we will find happiness because we are directed in our walk. It says in verse number one, who walk in the law of the Lord. You know what? Oftentimes, nearly every day, you will encounter a situation where you have to make a decision, should I do this or do that. Now, many times it is things that we've encountered before and because of the Word of God, we know what's the right thing to do and we really don't even think about them. We know this is the right thing to do, this is the right thing to do. And we do the right thing, but yet the choice is there every day. But the application of the Word of God directs our walk. It lets us know which is the right steps to take, which is the right way to go. The Bible says in Psalm 37 and verse number 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. You know what it ought to be the habit of every Christian's heart in every decision to both seek the Word and to seek the Lord in every decision because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. What does that mean? That means the reason that he is seen as a good man is because he allows the Lord 
to direct his steps. And so there is, there is a, a blessing, there is happiness when we allow the Lord to direct our walk. You know what? There's nothing that will steal your happiness like stress. Stress is a happiness stealer. This is very well known. You get stressed about something and, and you just have a hard time finding a smile. And nothing will bring, bring stress on like not knowing what you're supposed to do in a situation. Oh, it's a great cause of stress. I, I don't know what I ought to do here. I don't know. Should I do this? Should I do that? What should I do right here? Well, you know what? If we allow the Lord to direct our way, it eliminates a lot of that stress. I'm just, I'm just following the Lord, just doing what the Lord said, just following Him. And whenever we eliminate the stress, then we can find happiness because we're directed in our walk. Psalm 3 and verse number 5 and 6, many of us love these two verses. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thy own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy path. You know what the Bible tells us? If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. Now, I'll just be honest with you and admit that I have been very guilty of not cashing in on those two passages of Scripture. It says that if I'll acknowledge him, he will direct my path. Not he might or he could or I might get a little bit of an idea which way to go. He will direct my path. He says if I lack wisdom, I lack understanding in an area, uh, that if I seek him, uh, uh, he will give me the wisdom that I need. This is a promise from the Word of God. Many, many, many times you will hear people say, well, the Bible doesn't say anything about that. And you know what? It's probably true that you can find specific subjects that aren't specifically mentioned in the Word of God. Now, I hold to the fact that even though the specific situation may not be mentioned, that you can find principles in the Word of God that will guide you there. But let's say that you have found something that the Bible does not apply to whatsoever. There is no answer in this book for your situation. Well, the answer is found in, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not. He will direct our steps. And happy is the man. Happy is the man who is directed in his walk. We also find application, uh, happiness in the application of the book because through it we will be instructed in his will. Now this kind of goes together with the one that we just looked at, uh, directing our walk and instructed in his will. Uh, verse number 2 and 3 says, Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. This book will bring happiness when we apply it because whenever we get in this book, we understand what it is that God wants of me. You know what? If you listen to men, uh, boy, I'm telling you, there are all kind of opinions. Uh, and boy, people come from all different directions explaining what this book says and what this book means and many times not even regarding this book, what is right and what they feel is wrong. And it can be extremely confusing. And many times it's all said under the umbrella of, religion. But you know what? If I get in the book, then I can find happiness because I know what the book says and I'm instructed in His will. I know what it is that God wants me to do. Proverbs chapter number 3, verse number 1 says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. Why is it important that we know his will? Listen right here. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Now what is some things that everybody wants? 
length of days, long life, peace in their life. How do we find that? By understanding the, the will of God. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Drop down to verse number 13. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. For the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver, and the gain thereof than fine gold. She is more precious than rubies, and all the things thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Length of days is in her right hand, and in her left hand riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. Whenever I understand the will of God, I find the wisdom of God. And when I find the wisdom of God, I find all the elements of happiness in my life. Galatians 5, verse number 22 and 23, you know these verses, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Why do we find happiness whenever we find the will of God? because the will of God results in all the elements that makes up the happy life. The will of God is not a place of bondage and burden, but the will of God is a realm of blessing, happiness, and joy. Secondly, I believe we'll be blessed uh, with, blessed with uh, happiness or blessed uh, whenever our actions are guided by the book. We see holiness uh, in our actions. Three areas uh, whenever we apply the book, three areas where we apply the book that we'll be blessed in uh, is we'll be blessed with holiness in our actions. Uh, uh, first of all, I believe that whenever we apply the book to our life, we will be blessed in holiness uh, in, we, in the area of accepting His commandments, accepting His commandments. Verse number four says, Thou hast commanded us uh, to keep thy precepts diligently. We will be uh, blessed blessed by the book in exhibiting holiness in our actions when we learn to accept the commandments that God has given. Whenever we look at what the Bible says, and as we've said many times before, we say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it for me, and it will result in holiness in our actions. How am I to be holy before God? How am I to live a righteous life? Whenever we accept what the book says, boy, I'm telling you, every day we meet someone else uh, who is trying to find a way around what the Bible teaches. But whenever we accept the commandments of the Word of God, uh, we will find that it results in holiness in our actions. Whenever we think of accepting His commandments, I believe we could say that this is our duty. This is our duty. Why do I say that? Verse number 4 says, Thou hast commanded us, commanded us to keep thy precepts. This is our duty to keep the precepts. Not only do we see that uh, holiness will be made evident by accepting His commandment, but holiness in our actions will be made evident when we align our character with the Word of God. When we align our character with the Word of God. He says in verse number 5, Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. The psalmist says, Oh, that I could be more like you. Oh that, I, oh, that I could be like you. Uh, in the ACE curriculum that we uh, have downstairs, uh, we have 90 
character traits of Jesus that are taught throughout the curriculum. As the kids go through the curriculum, over and over and over, these character traits are taught. These are character traits of Christ. And we, we teach them in, in every subject, in math, English, science, social studies, spelling, every subject, uh, all throughout that subject, uh, this char these character traits will be all through their character traits of Jesus. Why do we teach these character traits? Because... The Bible teaches me that I am to be like Christ. And boy, I'm telling you what, whenever I begin to align my character with His character, which is revealed in His Word, then you begin to see holiness in my actions whenever I align my character with Him. We see that accepting His commandments should be our duty. We see that aligning our character with His character should be our desire. This should be the desire of every Christian that I want my character to be as his character. Then thirdly, we see that we will have holiness in our actions whenever we apply the Bible's contents. We talked about this some when we, in our introduction in verse number six, it says, then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. You know what? Oftentimes we like to pick and choose, don't we? I like this one, but I don't like that one. I, I think this one is good, but I don't, I, I don't think this one applies to me. He said, I will not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments, applying the Bible's contents. We see that this should be our duty, it should be our desire, but I believe that this should be my decision, that I am going to apply everything in the Word of God to my life. Third, Third, I believe we will be blessed. I'm trying to hurry to get this outline done for you. Third, I believe we will be blessed when we practice humility in our approach to God. When we practice humility in our approach to God. I see a humility displayed three ways here in this last two verses. First, I see that our, we're humble in declaring the praise of our God. The psalmist said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. We exhibit our humility and our approach to God whenever we declare the praise of God. You know what? You know when you praise something? You praise something when you're impressed by it. You sing the praises of something that you feel is worthy of being praised. Whenever something is really good, that's whenever you begin to talk about it and you begin to praise it. And whenever we praise our God, we are humble in our approach to the things of God in that we exalt Him and praise Him. I believe that not only uh, do we see our humility in declaring the praise of God, but we see our humility uh, when we are devoted to the pursuit of our God. He said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgments. Uh, whenever, whenever I am devoted to the pursuit of God, I am humbly stating that there's more room for me to grow. Whenever I am constantly pursuing the things of God, I am admitting I, I don't know everything yet. Whenever I'm constantly pursuing the things of God, I'm saying, God, I want to know more of you than I know now. I'm humbly pursuing Him. It speaks of my humbleness whenever I'm devoted to the pursuit of God. And then last of all, we see that we'll be blessed when we have humility in our approach whenever we desire the presence of God. Whenever we desire the presence of God. 
He says, I will keep thy statutes, verse number 8, all forsake me not utterly. I see here in this humility, I see, first of all, that we're always loving. I see that we're always learning. And I see that we're always longing. Whenever we have an humble uh, uh, attitude towards God, we are always loving, always learning, and always longing to be close to our God. I believe that whenever we apply the Bible to our life, we can see that the Bible will bless us. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no iniquity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. So hopefully that's been a blessing to you. Uh, happiness, happiness that is found when we apply the word of God. Hopefully.